メロコーヘビーヘイブッツアップエブリバディウォーカムアーチュメンデス。The St. Paddy's Day。I would say the only thing that would be better was St. Patrick's Day on the Friday of the first round as opposed to the Thursday.、Uh, but other than that, it, I'd say it's about perfect, John. I, I would agree. I,、uh, when I hear St. Patty's Day, it gets my juices flowing for a good Irish car bomb.、Uh, they, just, they just flow, you know, the, the, the Irish whiskey, the、uh, Guinness. Wait, it's called an Irish car bomb? Isn't that what, what, Is that what the drink's called? called? Yeah, I thought so. Oh, okay. Is that not what it's called? No, I, it might be. I, I think, yeah, you're right. It is called an Irish car bomb. But for some reason in my head, it sounded wrong for a second. But is yeah, that, Irish what, you, car bomb. Is that、yeah. what we're going to be drinking on Friday at an undisclosed location? Yeah, I mean, let's just disclose it if you guys are in town. Do you want to disclose the location or do you want until Friday to disclose the location?、Oh, we can let people know we're going to be there. Okay. You think? Or is that, you know, sure. scared of the people? <laughs> not, not at all. I mean, a lot of people got to、like、work, the, you know. Uh, okay, let's, let's tell people that this is an unofficial thing. We, we were just planning to hang out, but if you want to swing by, yeah, if you want to swing by Stadium Pub tomorrow, Walnut Creek, Friday,、uh, Friday, March 18th, be there hanging out, eating some food, having some beers. If you show me a uh, uh, receipt yeah, of, any show of our, any of our promo codes, fucking buy beers for you and your guys. Well, I mean, your guys got to do it too, but、uh, you know,、yeah. we'll see. We'll you know, get a couple car bombs in me, maybe、uh, get a little liberal. One beer promised per, per, one beer promise per receipt. Now, if you show up with a Buck Mason and a, and a,、uh, a Manscaped, is that two beers? You know, that's the question. Yeah, maybe, Or is it one, one coupon per person? Yeah, we'll see. We'll just, you know, it's, it's, we'll take care of you. Yeah. You know? I like that. All right. So we're talking like、uh, 1 15 at 1 30 ish、yeah. time wise. No, I mean, shit. I, I guess UCLA plays today, right? UCLA plays,、uh, fr- uh, yeah, Thursday night. They have,、uh, I've been there during college football. Basically, takes half the room.、Uh, a group of people come to watch UCLA football games there. <laughs> so I would imagine that place is going to be packed today. A- and for St. Mary's, too. So that's probably good. We actually picked I wonder if, well, well, USC plays around noon on Friday. I wonder if there's like a Trojan USC contingent. Feels a little more in the city. Well, I just remember picking up food one time in Berkeley, and it was before USC Cal football game at Cal. And the guy, with, the bartender, was fired up because, like, oh, we get a lot of SC fans in here. Yeah. So I don't know. They probably come, they probably go out there. Maybe they're in Alamo, Danville,、yeah. more their style. Silicon Valley. <laughs> Silicon Valley, yeah. Palo Alto. So we'll be hanging. Just、uh, if you have any, whatever, if you like, are you guys really going or just. You know, send one of us a DM, tweet at us, it, it just IG, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, hey, are you guys still there if you want to do that? But we'll be there.、Um, if, you, if you're not sure if it's later in the day, right? If it's like five, you're like, are you guys still there? Check in or just show up, whatever. It's casual. Yeah. Casual Friday. Casual Friday. But、uh, if you show up wearing Buck Mason, that might be worth a, a hamburger. <laughs> Uh, chicken tenders. Chicken tenders. Yeah, you can have some of John's fries. I'll be having a salad, but you can have some of John's fries.、Uh, we are brought to you in part by our friends at mybookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the number one. Mybookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the number one, where the bracket challenge, my bracket challenge, is already underway. 
Hopefully you got in by this morning because one uh, promo code got you a free entry into the contest. Uh, if you're not in, that's all right. You can still jump in and have a good time at mybookie.ag promo code hammer the number one. Obviously, there are games going all weekend long. You know, uh, mybookie.ag promo code ham one lines on every single college basketball game. If you're watching this right now, obviously there's games less of the day. If you're listening to this Friday, Thursday night, Friday morning, games all day. Obviously, Saturday, Sunday, uh, NBA games. I mean, bait. You want some baseball futures, live golf odds. One thing I've been doing, I'm probably going to quit, is putting like $100 and sprinkling like 20 on like five different guys for first-round leaders because the uh, the payouts are incredible. I mean, it's like 70 to 1 on a guy that's like near a favorite, but it's really hard. Uh, I might have to stop that. I'm just giving away $100 every week. But the odds are just, they draw you. Uh, but it's it's tough. So, yeah, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Get your gamble on. A lot going on. I mean, the tournament, John. The tournament. Attorney, yeah. you Friday show up with some, you know, like you want to have some fun Friday. Uh, just, just you know, root for St. Mary's Thursday if you're listening to this before that game or watching this live on YouTube. Root for University of San Francisco. We're, we're, you know, we're looking out for them. Let's just say, didn't they get their coach from Washington State? They steal where, where they get their where San Francisco's coach come from? You know he was an assistant coach at uh, Washington State, hired USF's coach, and then USF promoted Todd Golden. Kyle Smith went. Todd Golden played at St. Mary's for Randy Bennett. He was an assistant for Kyle Smith at USF. They promoted him. Hot, young coach. Good good dude. I know him. And uh, really sharp guy, analytic guy. I mean, he's in line for a big job. I got I got a text probably within a, the last month. Like, I don't Cal didn't fire their coach, did they yet? No, Mark Fox. No, I think they might have extended him. I'm not oh. positive about that. Someone just said, why isn't Cal all over this guy? Yeah, I mean, he's going to get a big job. Um, Pac-12 job feels destined. Uh, well, was I mean, it depends West, when he's he going to get his job. Um, I mean, he went to St. Mary. I'm not exactly sure where he might be from around. Uh, but he's done his, co- but he's done his coaching on this. You know, St. Mary's, USF. Yeah, he's he's uh, yeah, he's a West Coast guy. So our age, how? What, uh, yeah, yeah. I used to go to their games. Got to know him a little bit. When Alyssa was working at USF, it's just good dude, man. Now he's in really the sharp. tournament. Yeah. Really sharp. I, my bookie dot played, played professionally in Israel briefly. So Oh, uh for uh LeBron's coach? Uh no, uh, you know, Maccabi Haifa. I don't think that was no. Uh LeBron's coach was Maccabi Tel Aviv. Yeah. Was his team. What was that guy? David Blatt. David Blatt, yeah. David Blatt. Remember, remember David Blatt called him in for a meeting in a towel? And LeBron was like really freaked out. I remember that reading that story once. I remember when David Blatt like called a timeout he didn't have, and Ty Lue stopped him. Yeah, and then there was another that he called a inbounds play to win the game, but LeBron was doing the opposite of what he thought he should do, so he just ended up switching the play once they all got out there and hit the game winning shot. I really thought that David should have done David better. Blatt. Uh, I think we knew the guy that represented him and thought he was a shooting star, and it turns out he was a shooting. That's star. right. Right back to Israel. I remember. I'd for, I'd forgotten about this part. I remember my dad's cousin was visiting from Israel right after the Cavs hired David Blatt. I'll remember where we were. We were sitting in North Beach in San Francisco having lunch at Mario's Bohemian Cigar Shop, and I was like, "Tell me about David Blatt," and he was like, "I can't believe they hired David Blatt." they were about to fire him in Israel. I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. It wasn't like they just hired Popovich or something. They were about to fire – his Israeli team was about to fire him. He did, go right like, back. he did go right back, though. 
Yeah, I think he was good. I think maybe he was like his team saved his job with like a late postseason run or something like that. Gotcha. But um, yeah. Anyway, uh, a podcast brought to you in part part by Manscaped.com promo code ham, John. Manscaped.com promo code is ham. Buzz, 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 buzz. Where right now you can get in on the act, just like over 2 million men worldwide, probably a handful of them in Israel, where the nose hair grows freely. Uh, I can say that. Uh, 20% off and free shipping with code ham. And the yep. ear hair. Manscaped.com and the chest promo hair, code ham. Definitely. Here's what will not get you a... Uh, Free beer tomorrow. I don't want to see anything that you've uh, trimmed. So that's right. Uh, you know, uh, manscaped.com, promo code ham, best ball trimmer in America, lawnmower 4.0. The uh, the weed eater, great nose hair trimmer. They have, you know, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, body deodorant. They got it all, guy. The the travel bag for the uh, what the toiletries. Mm-hmm. You know, you put your toiletries in there on mm-hmm. the move. So you can look like an NBA player just walking through, uh, you know, just walking around with that thing. Phone charger in your other hand. Lawnmower 4.0 also has the ability to turn on the 4000K LED spotlight on and off. So you are getting a precise shave. Plus, wireless charging, baby. Game changer. Wireless charging. And the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof. So you can groom in the shower. Don't have to worry about making a mess on the bathroom floor. And like John said, get the nose hairs as well. Whatever it is you get. The engineering team has successfully created the top tier performer. 20% off free shipping. Code ham at manscaped.com. No one wants to end up in a hairy situation. So promo code ham. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with the code ham at manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping. Do it. Do it. Do it. Um, All right. So where do we begin? You know, I, I, we were going to start with Jimmy. Uh, let's flip flop. Baker is the news of the moment. Can we start with you? You okay with that? You don't want Baker to then uh, leave the break down Dodger lineup with Freddie Freeman. We could break down the Dodger lineup with Freddie Freeman. I mean, it's it's scary. I'll tell you this. I, there are some. I'd forgotten how insane baseball contracts are. Like ten year contracts for Corey Seager, one hundred and seventy million dollars and. Eight seven, eight year whatever seven years for Chris Bryant to go play in Colorado. Oh, ugh. I do not blame Chris Bryant one bit, John. Go get your money, but holy shit! Like you're you play for the Cubs, you already won his World Series. Cool. Did he win an MVP? Uh, I think he might have. Yeah, he might think, so you know, I get it. Now it's just money making time, but I can't imagine. The good news for him is there's no way the Rockies keep him for the full length of this contract. But I can't imagine, man, like. Living out the rest I, I, I of would my say career he's playing for the Rockies. Four-time All-Star, World Series champion, NL MVP, NL Rookie of the Year. Like, it's, you know, really tight. He's 30 years old. Totally. Just get as I, much I get money it. as possible. I get it. Like, and it's easy to be like, oh, they offered him 170. Somebody else offered him 130. Why don't you just take that? I mean, it's $40 million. Let's just say. I don't even know if somebody else offered him that. But you still, it's like, all right, doing this one for my children. Going to play I, for the Rockies. I, I, I was joking. I was joking around a little bit about Freddie Freeman, but I got one quick take before. Obviously, people come here for the Baker take. I do think the Braves. Did you see uh, Anthopolis, their GM, kind of cried? Yeah. He was being interviewed and got emotional about Freddie Freeman. They made the right move. The guy they got is five more than five years younger, and he's on a seven-year contract. Like Freddie Freeman is going to be thirty-three years old. Like it is. 
what the hell is the difference between the two players? You know, I I think they hit a home run making that move. The A's, I didn't even realize. I forgot. Are the Blue Jays good? Like as Chapman, I saw Vlad's kid was like, last year was the trailer. Get ready, fellas. Like goddamn. Yeah, Blue Jays might be in the World Series. I mean, it could be the Braves versus the World Series versus the Blue Jays, right? And the Braves just won it. They you just added Braves Matt Blue Jays or Dodgers Blue Jays. I'm saying Braves Blue Jays. Oh. I, the great thing about the Dodgers getting their lineup the way it is and becoming so good is that it they, does make them. It's hard to root against them because they win a lot, but it does make for a great villain. It, a villain's not even the word. Just for us, like you just have to watch them all the time. And then if they lose, it's it's like watching Russell airball by nine feet. Um, you know, so. I'm glad Jack Peterson. They signed Jack Peterson. Giants signed Jack Peterson. Yeah, 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 I know it's pretty cool. That is cool. That is pretty cool. I I think it's possible. Now look, I think like you said, Matt Olson might win an MVP in the next two years. I think he's going to hit 50 bombs next year. It's also very possible he never has the career that Freddie Freeman has. Right? It's just that's possible. It's just hard for it to. But they've got every reason to think that he will. Now he's from there, and Freddie's from LA, and whatever it worked out for everybody. They did have to trade for him. Um. That the trade for him, right? As opposed to just money, but whatever. What are prospects? Yeah, I'd say historically, getting sweet players for prospects is a pretty no-brainer, right? Especially younger guys that you can extend. I mean, Matt, Matt Olson. I mean, two of the last three years, he had over thirty-five home runs. Yeah, and that's in a place that's hard to hit home runs. It's cold. It's big. Atlanta. It's warm. It's and honestly, the two thousand twenty year, I forgot they played sixty games. He had fourteen. So you you know. He would have hit thirty five plus. Like he's gonna, he gonna be a stud. Yeah, bombs away, bombs away. All right, John. Great NFL drama on Thursday. Baker Mayfield told ESPN. So Schefter, it's in the mutual interest of both sides for us to move on. The relationship is too far gone to mend. It's in the best interest of both sides to move on. Well, uh. He wasn't speaking for both sides. He was speaking for himself. Mike Garofolo wrote, the Browns, I'm told, said no to Baker Mayfield's trade request, period. They do not plan to honor it. I love a good, it's in the best interest of both sides when one side's like, no, I'm good. Uh, no, it's in the best interest for us to divorce and me to take half. And the other side's like, no, I don't think it is. You, uh, you know when you're you know when you're a kid and you always want like Burger King or McDonald's when you're driving by it and your mom just says no like 99% of the time. It's like, yeah, you, you can request something all the time and if you're not in control, your request is completely meaningless. I actually saw a good meme the other day. It's like, "My mom never had any money for McDonald's when I was a kid. Now she has unlimited cash for my own children." You know, it's like spoiling their grandkids taking yeah, yeah. them to McDonald's. But uh, I, I screwed up. the the the, uh, the sequence of the words were really funny, but I messed that up. <laughs> but ultimately, like Baker, to me, this just adds to the Jimmy buzz for them because he is a complete pain in their ass. Complete. Like, hey Baker, they talked to Deshaun Watson, like who is dramatically better than you. I had the thought that I wonder when you're. You know, there was, I, I just think anytime you're a walk-on and you had to walk on twice, there's a chip on your shoulder and uh, humility might be the wrong word, but there's just like... Wait, was a, he a walk-on when he went to Oklahoma or did he transfer for a scholarship? Walked on to Oklahoma. So left 
Bob Stoops did not know he was on campus. Gotcha. And I mean, he, I think they scollied him fast, but at first he had to walk on to the program like he did at Texas tech. So typically with that guy, there's a little humility, but then think of what happened. He gets drafted number one overall. So the moment you get drafted number one overall, how do you, well, the humility was gone before the draft though. But but I just mean there's like a work ethic, a chip on your shoulder of just like I gotta keep. Once you get drafted number one overall, you just assume you're sweet, and then you immediately start. And a couple years in, you take the franchise, you know, to the to win a playoff game. Now remember the place was empty, but and they sneaky almost came back, but they beat the shit out of the Steelers in that playoff game. So this guy just thinks he's on a completely different level. But the problem is, he was not good this year. He got hurt, and he's just. He's kind of surly. He's not, you know, when I see Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes, they, they feel like they make people smile. This guy feels very angry. Like this is like, like a little, you know, the little chihuahuas that are always like barking. You know, little dogs always have just a big bark. It's like, shut up. You know, it's not always the Rottweilers barking. It's so you go on a walk. It's always the little dogs like biting right. at your ankles. That's it's like Baker. Just, just be quiet. Just, shh. just shut up. And it's clearly struggling to do that. Like, one thing I will give Jimmy a shitload of credit. He never says anything dumb. You know? And he's, you could argue, I mean, Baker's season two years ago is better than any season Jimmy had, statistically. But, you know, this to me puts Jimmy in their sights because, like, how would you want this pain in the ass around? Like, he's not good enough to, like, let's just try to work on mending fences. Like, if that happens, that's because they weren't able to get anyone else. Like they, they, you don't you don't spend effort mending fences when you don't care, respect, or even want the guy, right? Right. I also think that in Cleveland's mind, there's no fences to mend. It's Baker has to mature. There's a difference between mending fences and you have to mature, right? Sometimes your boss criticizes you, and then what happens? They tell you how you need to get better. That's not mending fences. That's them as the boss telling you as the employee, you have to perform better and you have Improve. to act differently. Like Baker, the, first of all, the adult in the room thing, I think is that's about as deep as you can cut a quarterback. Like you can say his arm sucks. You can say he's not mobile. You can say that or saying a guy can't, isn't smart and can't process. I'd say are like the two worst things you could say about a quarterback. Kid can't, doesn't see it and is not an adult in the room. And those are two very different criticisms. But is not an adult in the room is as bad as it gets because quarterbacks are bred to be the leaders. They are the lead, they are the de facto leaders. Like as quarterbacks, you are people look at you as the leader before you've earned it and you get every opportunity to earn it. If you're a left guard and you're the leader, like you get a lot of credit cuz you earned that shit from day one. No one was like, "Oh, here comes a left guard, but he's going to give us a team speech." Like the quarterback gets to talk at the end of the coach's post-game speech even if people don't love them because it's just like kind of what the quarterback does. Yeah. So you get that benefit of the doubt as the court from the beginning, from day one, Baker walks in people like, all right, Baker, like yeah, anything you want to say Baker at the end of this meeting. So you get to start with everybody's attention and it's your job just not to screw it up. And so this whole like men fences thing is, it's not how it works, man. They think you need to change. And his history does not say, He's about to change. His statement definitely does not say he's about to hear the criticism, learn from it, and grow. Get get a little humility and grow. No. Like, 
they still want him gone. The idea they declined his trade request, but it doesn't mean they don't want to replace him. Like yeah. they might get rid of him, but it's not because that's what he wants. It's going to be because they can't upgrade. But I think they should be pretty, I, and I bet they are pretty concerned about bringing him back into that locker room because they think he's bad in the locker room. And the best thing he has going for him, if he wants to be traded, is that he can act worse, and he probably will. Right? That's I think he, tends I, to be. I there's he, two ways to go. There's a fork in the road. Either you get more defiant. Or you change. And it doesn't feel, I mean, it's March 17th. I doubt we're going to see Baker change his whole life outlook here in the next three months. Yeah, I, I think it's over. I think so they it, they are a great spot for Jimmy. Because keep in mind, this this coincides with the fact that the Browns are out of the Deshaun race. But I, I do think this. I think that, you know, by the time you're listening to this, you might know where he's going. But if he chooses Atlanta... I think the Browns would be heavily in, like with the Colts, all over Matt Ryan. Right? Yeah. I think Matt Ryan would be in play for both those two. I, I think those teams would all their chips would be in the middle of the table to get Matt Ryan. Right? Financially, I, I'm not parag here. I, I know yeah, the only question I would have is, is Cleveland's front office, let, do they think they can get like almost Matt Ryan's production for way less money? Is there something from an analytic standpoint that they think he's not, you know, worth the, the allotment yeah. but you're right I, but you're right I, I agree with your statement it's a size it's a sizable financial investment and you'd be stuck uh, it, it becomes complicated but you'd have to say that they would be interested you know because the other thing with Matt Ryan you're taking on some money so it's not you're getting Matt Ryan for like a third now the thing is it all it takes is two teams bidding over him right we see that so who knows and then to me the team that gets left out you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is just in play. And it feels more, the Colts would be more inclined to do that. Like you said, they, they do value statistics, numbers. I think, you know, Jimmy is a true, I can bounce in a year. I can draft another guy. I can make a move to get another guy. Do whatever. But I, they, they like, I think the analytical guys, the thing they value the most, having wiggle room. Yeah. Not being tied to anything. I think you see that in basketball, or definitely in baseball. And I think in football, I think Howie's really good at this, structuring contracts where he's never tied for too long. Now, ideally, you don't care once you have Josh Allen, right, Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell. Like He'll just be tied. But I'd say every other position, you know, even the high, high-end guys, like ultimately, like Trent Williams' contract, if the Niners could have got that number down, like they would have. You just always want to have wiggle room. You never want to be tied, even with your best players. Now, the best players... Khalil Max and the Bosa's and the Miles Garrett, they just have more leverage. But beside quarterback, and especially for a non-top-flight quarterback, like ultimately Baker, if he was just healthy, like they would like be playing this year on $18 million. Right? If he was just a good guy, like he'd be a great value. If he could just give them like he did two years ago, 26 and 8, like they would fucking love that. You know, Carr, Jimmy, like having a quarterback, a serviceable guy that can be your starting quarterback on a playoff team making 18 to $24 million as we've seen, is the best deal in sports, right? Non the rookie quarterback, which is lasts for a small amount of time. But like that, that to me, beside the rookie quarterback, that next sweet spot really was Derek and Jimmy, right? Their numbers, because they were starting quarterbacks for playoff teams nowhere near the mid to high 30s. So that gave that team several extra players that the other team just did not have. And the rookie quarterback, I mean, they've, since the new CBA, like you've always had an advantage there. But once you sign that contract extension, you know, it just, uh, we're going to see it this offseason, right? With Stafford, 
whenever Rodgers' number becomes official. I mean, these numbers are astronomical, right? You're talking $48, $50 million a year. Can you imagine if, let's say Russell just plays it on his normal year this season, at 34 or whatever, and has a good year and they win a playoff game. Imagine, I mean, what will he get next year? The same thing as Rodgers, the $150 million, 50 a year type. I mean, that's just that's just a large number, you know, to carry. Because yeah. it's not like the salary cap's $500 million. It's still $210 million. Like, it's just do the math. I mean, I, I have heard people say, like, I know it doesn't exactly hit at the same time, but if you give Devontae $27 million and you're giving Aaron $50 million, like ultimately you are pretty heavily invested in two guys in a salary cap that is $220 million, even right. in a year. Right. right, right. There's a reason the Cowboys, like one thing you're seeing with the Cowboys is like they're paying some people and they've had to get rid of some people. It, it doesn't happen at first, but like in a year, all of a sudden, what have they done? They've traded a dude. They've cut another dude. They lost another dude in free agency. I mean, they, they've just lost three, four starters in the blink of an eye. And it's, it's not because, I bet if you ask Jerry, I mean, all like, because of new contracts either. Yeah, it's just like, well, you know, Dak's cap number gets bigger. We fucking got to carry Zeke. And, you know, Tyron Smith still makes a ton. Zach Martin. We just got fucking expensive players. I mean, Lyle Collins is gone. Yeah, to me, he's going to get be a media starter somewhere next yeah. year. Yeah. Um, there could be a, a mini bidding war for him. I think, by the way, Jimmy makes sense for Cleveland in a sense a little more than Matt Ryan, although you could argue this for both teams. Part of it is you don't know what your next move is, so you want to be prepared that your next move might take two years. You know what I mean? Like Jimmy, I think, could more likely be your quarterback for two years in Cleveland than Matt Ryan. Like if you get I, Jimmy, you I know, think people are. I think the coaches and GMs are going to value Matt Ryan more than me, you, and most fans, right? If you're you can figure that out, we if, we think he's closer to retirement than they do. But just they they're going to value things that if you just sit on your couch and watch a random Falcons game, you're like, this is unwatchable. Well, Evan on the stream says, would the Niners then be interested in Matt Ryan? I mean, one hundred percent. He just makes too much money. Would Kyle take Matt Ryan over Jimmy Garoppolo? 1,000%. But no, we're not talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. We're talking about Trey. Would Kyle go to Matt Ryan over Trey Lance? Uh, I think if he could figure out the finances, which I'm not sure they can, he would, yes. Don't you? Uh, I'm not as sure that he would. Um, I'm not as sure that he would. I, I think... You know, they, he's been he walked a tightrope last year, and we'll talk about Jimmy. He's going to walk a tightrope. The tightrope is gone once you commit to one quarterback, and you only have one quarterback in the building. Easier, J- Jimmy's the incumbent. He's there. You bring in Matt Ryan, that would be like God. You really not bring in tra- like that conversation just would be hard to stomach. Yeah, I, I, I it would surprise me. Um, but. But I probably shouldn't be surprised by it. I mean, we just had a year play out where, you know, they went out of their way to stick with it was going to take their season being over. And Kyle has said as much for them to go to Trey Lance. So has anything changed since the end of last season, the beginning of this season? <laughs> you know, you know, I don't know exactly. I have to text some people his dead cap. You know, once you trade for it and his cap hit, like, you know, sometimes it cuts in half. His cap hit this year is $48 million. <laughs> uh, but is the actual cash you'd have to pay Matt Ryan is 23. Obviously the 49ers don't have 40, you know, even if it gets cut in half 24, like it's an enormous cap hit. 
but they only have to pay him $23 million. So you do $23 million, Matt Ryan, $2 million, Sudfeld, you're at four, you're at 25, and then Trey makes six and a half, seven. You know, your quarterback room still is low 30s. Yeah, I mean, you could save cash, I guess, in theory, a few million dollars in cash, but you're not planning on paying Jimmy Garoppolo $27 million, so it's not really a savings. Well, you wouldn't think. I don't think. I don't think. But, I mean, look, if if it came to Deshaun goes to Atlanta and Matt Ryan's available, it's like that story is – put it this way. If Matt Ryan becomes available – do Kyle and jo- do Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have a conversation, or is it just like, oh, I, I figured you'd call me if you're interested. You didn't call, so I didn't call you, and yeah, we're moving on. Like, have there has there been a conversation? Yes. What if Matt Ryan becomes available? I one agree. one million percent, yes. And it's more that like part of your job as a head coach and a GM, unless you have like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, right? If you don't have one of the top seven eight guys, you have this conversation. But I think their conversation is a little different. I mean, this motherfucker won the MVP and went to a Super Bowl and really put Kyle Shanahan on the map fivefold what he was already, right? It took Kyle, like, the interesting young guy to, like, superstardom. I mean, he got him a head coaching job. Now, right. I mean, Kyle got the job, too. Like, Kyle got him an mutual. MVP. Yeah. I mean, it was – I think Matt Ryan and him are probably pretty buddy-buddy. I don't think – I don't – yeah, I mean – I remember it didn't. I don't think it started. I remember watching a pre Super Bowl interview with the two of them. Like, I think it took a little time for them to get on the same page. Partly, part of it was just Kyle's, you know, playbook. And I think here's Matt Ryan, pretty well established. Kyle has some ideas about how we're going to do things. Well, I bet he changed Matt's life. I mean, for better and I think he made it more difficult too. Well, if me and you were buddies with Trey Lance, like from grade school and we could have normal conversations not the cliche bullshit he's going to give to Mayoko and Barrows right and to all the report he's a bad right now he's just very you know he's Russell Wilson-ish which yeah, I don't young guys, tough quit. spot oh hold on I'll do my aside after finish that point that'll make a point I wonder if he'd tell you like holy shit that first year Kyle's kind of a madman like would he say that like it's this shit was intense yeah which is, I mean, a lot of rookies would say that all over the place, right? I mean, you could find a dude with the Cowboys and be like, God, that was a lot. But I could imagine him be like, Jesus. It's like, I'm, I fucking know football, but this guy is just no stopping him. He's always, luckily, Jimmy was there. He's always getting yelled at. I was always kind of head on a swivel in there. I think young guys, quick aside, young guys really hard. Because they're just naturally bad interviews because they partly just you don't quite know yourself. Maybe you haven't figured out exactly what you want to say to begin with, and you're afraid to say the wrong thing. If a young guy's too good of an interview, that's also a red flag, I think. <laughs> so it's just, you know, he, I'd rather he a young guy. And be- he's in a tough spot. He wasn't the starter. Yeah, yeah everyone totally. wants to talk to him. So when he did talk, very limited. You don't. And even the game he started with the Texans, he knew that, like, Jimmy was coming back. So it's – listen, I, I'm not holding it against him. I just – don't expect if, you know, Jimmy does finally disappear and Matt Ryan doesn't come, I do think he's going to be a little bit more boring of an interview, at least year one, than I do think people are hoping. Like, Jimmy's Jimmy's comfortable, right? Jimmy just talks. Jimmy does some funny shit, swears everyone. Trey is not going to be like that year one at all. Which is fine. I think a quarter, a guy who's in that position actually is kind of couldn't be a little out of place at that age. I'd rather my quarterback says nothing as a rookie than says too much, you know, I or is to, too I comfortable. Yeah. So um, on the stream, 
why don't you guys where to go? <laughs> why don't you guys look up the numbers before you start talking out of your ass? I can't find the comment, but that's what it was. Because well, somebody just asked, so we're looking up the numbers. About what? Why don't you guys look up the numbers before you start talking out of your ass or something like that? About who? About Matt Ryan. Well, we looked yeah, up the numbers. We're, we're talking million, $40 million. Yeah, $48 million. Somebody asked. <laughs> this is an evolving situation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's face it. Beside like 32 people that work in the NFL and there's like 10 media members who claim to know and they don't actually know, no one has any clue about the NFL salary cap. But I think it's fair to say that it would be very, very difficult for the 49ers to pull this off. Yeah. Yeah. This cap hit. Well, whatever. Okay. The um, other thing is, the other thing is they. It's not like you would just get them for like a sixth, right? You'd have to like there'd be other teams interested, so you end up giving like your third. It'd be a little weird. Yeah, I. I think it, he just it, gave two million dollars to the backup quarterback. Look, there's a conversation about what they would do. I'll tell you this one: they should not do that. Uh, let me let me put it that way. I well, I agree. <laughs> no, no, I know. I'm just. Well, I realize our opinions are. There's one guy that matters. No, I, one human, and he. He's not as big of a Trey fan in terms of like knowing that he can win with him right now than every single person watching and listening to this. I'll promise you that. That's a fact. Yeah. Yes. That's and on fact. the list of who loves him the most. Everybody talking about it and Kyle. Kyle would be number one. Well, if you had to list four quarterbacks, who would Kyle start week one if he could? One's already on the team. Jimmy, uh, Trey, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady. I'll tell you this. Trey Lance, if you ask him right now, 100% is fourth and probably a distant fourth. And Jimmy's third. See, I, okay, I, I think he would want Trey Lance to be ready to start more than he would want Jimmy to My start. My point is, I, yeah, he wants Trey Lance to be good. I'm saying if you know, you just need to play with a guy week one, he knows those guys are good. Just everybody makes a dollar. There's just a lot of unknown. There's no external pressure. No one from marketing is asking you who we should put on the big video, on the big advertisement, right? There, there's just a lot of unknown when it comes to Trey Lance that he won't know until OTAs and training camp. So I think that is one of the questions is like, how far is he willing to go with Jimmy Garoppolo? And I, I've, I've said for the last few days, I don't think we're getting to camp and Jimmy's still standing around in the Niners uniform, but I mean, because he's not healthy, it's definitely possible. Um, I think, there are teams that will value him more than Deshaun, more than, excuse me, not Deshaun Baker. Like, and I think part of what Cleveland might be doing is waiting for Deshaun to settle itself. So then the Jimmy market clarifies itself a little bit. I think he makes sense for Indianapolis. I think he makes sense for Cleveland. I don't think there's a chance. Well, I should say, I don't think there's a chance. Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing on this team. And I don't think he's going to be around too much longer. Uh, and I, and I think one of the reasons I know one of the reasons I think that is because I don't think Kyle really loves him that much. And I think we get away from the football season and we build up how much Kyle loves Jimmy during the football season. It's pretty easy to tell. He doesn't trust him a lot. And um, even though they were good kind of late half situations at times, I think there are things that Trey does that Kyle has to be excited about trying, even though I don't think Kyle's for, we know this Kyle's first choice was not, Trey Lance, if he could have had his first choice last year, it would have been Matthew Stafford or Deshaun Watson. So I don't think he's in a rush to get to Trey, but I think the reason Jimmy plays every game last year is more a reflection of Trey than it is that Kyle loves Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that he's just he just wants to win and he's comfortable playing that way. 
of just being tight with Jimmy and thinking he can win and overcome it because he has now twice, right? Two separate years. Yeah. I, I, I am not of the mind that Jimmy is a lock. Like, I, I, I Kyle could be... If you told me Kyle wanted to keep him, like, if there just aren't any offers, like, instead of cutting him, I could you could convince me that fast. Rather just have two quarterbacks. Trey still doesn't make anything. Now, I think that would be bad football-wise. Like, it'd, be, it'd create controversy. Like, what do you do? Have an open competition? Trey still the backup? Well, no, but I mean... It, to, me, it's, it, to me, it's on the table now, like... Because he can't throw, are they holding them out? Are they going to trade him till the draft and just wait to see like who doesn't get quarterbacks and what? Like it, this is not a lock. Like even if Deshaun moves, I mean the Colts just don't have a quarterback right now. They, I mean they just traded Wentz. I mean it's we're Thursday. Like free agency's basically over. Like it's just randoms, and they just don't have a quarterback. Like just don't have a quarterback. The Saints do not have a quarterback. And some of these right. teams just. Like, I'll give Steelers credit. They were like. We're not just going to have this unknown going for days. Like, we don't – I don't know how they actually feel about Mitch. I mean, the, their number tells you it all. But, like, we just need someone so we can just go to bed every night knowing, like, we have a starting quarterback. Is he great? Of course not, but we have one. Like, Colts, what, what are you going to do? Like, ultimately, if Jimmy goes somewhere else, what the fuck are they going to do? So that maybe that's where the Niners feel they got the advantage. Like, okay, we'll just let it keep going. These people, how, how are you sleeping at night? Because say what you want about the commanders. Everyone's making fun of his yellow blazer, which I give Carson some credit. Like, he's just trying to endear himself to the people, right? That's, yeah, you can't, that's a custom. That was a quick custom. You can't buy that off the rack, I would guess. Well, he's, you know, Carson's got some cash. Uh, I, I give, like, Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio and that whole crew goes to sleep at night knowing they have a starting quarterback. Like, they sleep better right now, say this, than Chris Ballard, right? Yeah. And stuff, and even Stefanski. Well, maybe. I mean, Ballard might be sitting there going, "Those idiots have no idea what they're in for," right? In Washington. Yeah, maybe, but Cause, yeah, because but it's not like Ballard has a guy on his. It's not like he's like, "Well, if I have to, I'll play with Jacob Eason." Like we know he's not doing that. Well, right? ja- I think Jacob Eason's on Seattle. Yeah, he's not on their team. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, he doesn't even have that guy. Like, well, I'll give my third rounder from last year a shot then. Like, he's not doing yeah. that. No. Um. I, I, but I think just you kind of made the case there. Like, look at all these teams who are in no man's land right now. Someone's gotta yeah, want I, Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I just think that it's full gone going. They're playing poker, and we're gonna see how. Like, does the river flop their way or does it not? Like, ultimately, we're gonna get an answer on this, and That's I think true. it's gonna be fascinating. They're either gonna get a lot of credit, or people are gonna be like, "What the fuck?" I, I don't see much in between. I think there's definitely in between. There's always in between. Uh, just kind of a. Jimmy got traded. Let's go live. What do they get? A fourth. Okay. Cool. What yeah, is that? Not in between. I to me that's just like yeah, maybe that is because you didn't get fucked, but you're not getting credit for that. No, you're not getting credit. But ultimately, the season's going to kick off on whatever date it is against whoever it is, and there's a ninety-eight point five percent chance Trey Lance is their quarterback. And all this is a distant memory. Like, well, I'll give you one. On. What, what if Chandler Jones has like eight sacks next year through ten games, and you're like, "Well, you could have fucking used that money on him." You know, they, they needed pass yeah. rushers, and they, they there are guys that maybe they, but maybe, but maybe they're sitting there going, "No, we weren't going to do that." Well, that's that's what you don't know. But I mean, we can all do the deals that they could have done, and maybe if it would have been that, maybe they would have done something else with Jimmy by now, if they felt like they were injuring their. 
you know, that's the part you don't know. It's like if they felt like we need Chandler Jones, let's get this Jimmy trade done. Well, ultimately, it's, as long as Jimmy's on the roster, wasn't even available. Well, I mean, he's available if you go, okay, we want Chandler Jones more than we don't want to cut Jimmy. Let's get Chandler Jones and cut Jimmy or trade Jimmy for a seventh and move on. See, that's where it feels like they are too dead set on the value bullshit that like the Rams held the bills yesterday. They're just thinking winning. The Niners are. Listen, but it's out of it character. Our, our, but it'd be our, out of character for them, even if Jimmy was off the roster for them to sign Chandler Jones or Von. Yeah, Miller. I mean, they, they, they just operate very prudently, which is their prerogative. A lot like the Patriots did for 20 years. The difference is the Patriots fucking were racking up Super Bowls. You know, you just lost in the NFC Championship game, which is good. And well, we're awesome. talking about two different things. We're talking about what they should be doing versus what they would have done. And I'm just saying, even with $27 million available, if they had signed Chandler Jones, we would have been talking about how the Niners are acting out of their normal behavior. I, I guess my ultimate point is how many teams in the NFL would still have Jimmy Garoppolo on their roster right now? Feels like a small percentage. Feels very small. I don't. I, I think they're an outlier in this situation. I feel very confident saying that. Whether it's cutting, just removing that money. So you can just do stuff, because yeah. ultimately, un- unless you like, to me, there is. I mean, I would would it shock you if the head coach was like, "Yeah, I'll just bring them both to training camp." Um, it again, shock isn't the word, but I do think we forget how much I think Kyle Shanahan. Even though you're right, you make a good counterpoint that he's comfortable playing that way, but I don't think he likes it. I don't think he likes it. And I think it would be a reflection of what he th- – to me, it would be more a reflection of what he thinks of Trey Lance not being ready if we ended up in that position. With And there's a difference, right, between – you're saying Jimmy in camp and on the football field or just Jimmy still on the roster when camp rolls around? Those well, if camp things. rolls around he's still on the roster, he's ready to tell him not to come? Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, that would be even, that would be a disaster. That would be an embarrassment. Like, that's Browns-level shit to me. You're doing stuff like that. Yeah, again, I think at the end of the day, that might not matter ultimately. What matters more is money you didn't spend. Um, You'd have because, to admit that'd be pretty weird. When does that happen? Oh, I do admit that'd be weird. But again, at the end of the like, again, the season would kick off and he'd be gone and Trey Lance is your starter and all that stuff would, would not think, matter. Like, when, when would he be gone? You just randomly trading him to some team? Like, wouldn't you have traded him by then? Yeah, I mean, someone shatters an ankle. No, you would hope. I'm just saying this idea that like Jimmy just being around makes it an untenable situation for Trey Lance. I don't I don't agree with that. No, I I didn't say if he's he can come around. I said if they tell him not to show up like that would be weird. That's what I mean. Yeah, I mean, that would be weird. Him being there would be weird. Like him being around would be weird in any context, not being there or being there, him being there. After everyone kind of agreed, like he's gone. He gave he gave a goodbye speech. Yeah, well, so did Baker. No, but Jimmy legitimately did, and everyone's like, "Yeah, he's gone." Everyone's yeah. like, "He's gone, he's gone, he's gone," and the Niners right. like, "Not so fucking fast." Then he got surgery. That's why he's still here. That's part of the reason why he's still here. You'd think, but I, I yeah, I mean, who knows? We'll we'll just see what they fucking get. I, my, my ultimate overarching feeling with this is like, these things tend to not be as dramatic as they could possibly get. That's my point. Like, yeah, Baker, they, they, just, they just, there were some sweet players that they could assign a couple guys that they would have the immediate impact guys. And they didn't have the money to do it because Jimmy was on their team. I'm not saying I would have spent 50 million on Von Miller or however much Chandler Jones actually got, but they should have been very interested in those two guys. And they couldn't, they had no chance to get either one as long as Jimmy's still on the roster. 
And ultimately, you're going to be judged on like you get a fourth round pick. Like, but no they, but they, but they made a choice round. when Jimmy was still on the roster, and so the money for Chandler Jones or Von Miller wasn't available. That was them making a choice that we'd rather have this than that, right? That wasn't them going, "Oh my God, I wish we had Chandler. We can't get him." That was them making a choice. We'd rather have this than that. Exactly, and you get judged on the choices you make, right? Yeah, but I mean, they might have made the choice. We'd rather have nothing. We'd rather not spend that money than have Chandler Jones. That's my point. It's like we don't know what choice they would have made. And, and we, we just know their about, history is they don't generally do that. I now know, we were talking about earlier the week the teams they're competing against fucking spending money left and right. Yeah, but again, that's the way it's been. That is the way that like, they have competed operating differently than the Rams do. They've competed with the Rams operating differently than the Rams. Now the Rams have a ring. They don't. Yeah. That's the goal here. Well, of course. But that doesn't mean a lot of teams operate like the Rams and don't get rings. Like, it doesn't guarantee anything. I know, but it's different because the Rams and you are, like, directly competing to, you know, like, they're your they're your competition, right? They're your in your division. No and, and the Bucks are operating like this, too. And, hell, the Packers kind of are now, too. Like, you're the big dogs. We talked about this yesterday or a couple days ago. Like, you know. There's a difference prud- with those three teams. They have their quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, but just the prudent operation, like, you know, Belichick got a lot of credit for because he kept racking up rings. You know, it's just, I understand people being like, what the fuck is going on? Now, ultimately, like you said, once it's ultimately the triggers pulled, I just think a fourth round pick, people are going to be like, what is, I think it's just not going to matter. The only thing that matters here, really, that like, if we talk about what really matters, the only thing that really matters here is can Trey Lance play? Because you're not winning anything if he can't play, no matter how many guys you sign. For sure. Well, it's, you know, because Jimmy played shitty and they were able to win some games, the better your team is, you can overcome, obviously, Super Bowl and stuff. Yeah, I'm not talking way. about is Trey Lance Patrick Mahomes. I'm just saying, can he, is he a, can he be a <clears> functioning <throat> starting NFL quarterback? Yeah. Can he be as good as Jimmy Garoppolo? Like that, I just think that's this, a starting I, point. My, my overall take on this has just been a little weird. And I and sometimes, and listen, they are smart. I think fucking Kyle's a stud head coach. I think John's a stud. Fucking Parag is a genius. But, I, you know, you don't get fucking a reach around on everything. Like, to me, this is just something's, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's just weird. I understand people thinking, like, what the fuck? So do I. It has, they had a plan. Yeah, I, this is not their plan. No. That's no, I mean, there's no debate. This is not their plan. There's no way in hell this is their plan. Yeah, Jimmy be on the team March 17th? Yeah, it's... There's no chance this is their plan. I'm not debating that. I'm just saying between, like, there, there is an end game where this whole waiting period that feels weird doesn't matter. That's my point. And I don't know. It might, it might, it might be terrible. I don't know. But that's my point is I think right now when you don't sign guys, that's the way everyone reacts every year in free agency. It's what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah, for sure. And when teams I, don't do, and you love, and anytime you're just talking like a couple Rams. guys, I'm not talking random dudes. I'm just talking some pass rushers that are immediately, immediately could have helped, especially yeah. one guy in your division that you could have easily paid with Jimmy's money. If I said you got, you got Which rid guy? of Jimmy. They were both from their division. Uh, yeah. I mean, not Vaughn Chandler, a, but if you could have got Chandler Jones for, you know, 25, 30 guaranteed, whatever he got. And, had him and Ward, you would have been like, fuck, they just improved their, you know, their offense already stacked in terms of they got playmakers on the team, right? They need more. They need, offense, they need to help the offensive line. Well, he drafted a guy last year and drafted more guys. I would just have Jimmy's just dead weight right now. Yeah. 
for a John, fourth round pick. Uh, somebody uh, on the question, Will asked, "Are you guys wearing matching Buck Mason hoodies?" Yes, not intentionally though. We didn't plan it. Just I'm wearing mine every day, uh, or some Buck Mason every day. Uh, as John is, I don't know if I'll have any. Do I have I, enough I've been, Buck Mason? I've been loyal life? this week. I've, I've just put it on every day. I know, but it's not. It's because it's comfortable. We love it. BuckMason.com yeah. slash ham. You get a free T-shirt with anything you order, which includes a T-shirt. So you get a T-shirt. You can get another T-shirt for the price of for free on the house on ham. BuckMason.com slash ham. Um, it's easy to promote it because I was wearing it before they paid me. Yeah, how do you beat it? Hey, Milkoff listeners, free T-shirt. BuckMason.com slash ham. I ordered a bunch of T-shirts, some V-necks. Sweatshirt is sweet. Uh you were wearing that button-up shirt yesterday, long sleeve. I got a button-up short sleeve. Fits fantastic. They got good stuff, man. They, they got they got high-level stuff. Can't recommend it enough. Just go to buckmason.com slash ham, and then just start looking around. See what you want. See what you get, and then you'll just get a free T-shirt on the house. No big deal. Thank us later. Very simple. You're going to love it. If you want the Pima, get the Pima. I think the Pima cotton is fantastic because it's very comfortable, but also can you can like dress it up. I'd say the Slub tee. Is a little more casual, but all but very light and kind of airy, and uh, also very comfortable. The hoodies are fantastic. We're both wearing them. I love them. Not too heavy, not too light. Can put a jacket over. Can keep you warm in a cool temp. Great for around the house or just going out. Whatever. Look good. Feel good. Uh, and like John said, they got a bunch of other stuff too. So BuckMason.com/slash/ham. Highly recommend. High quality. Once you try it, it'll become your go-to. Head over to BuckMason.com/slash/ham. Get a free tea. With your first order, that's B-U-C-K-M-A-S-O-N.com slash ham to get a free t-shirt with your first order, buckmason.com slash ham. People have been uh, DMing us photos of their orders, and oh. uh, we've got a few people that um, have had Buck Mason before, and we're pretty fired up that uh, Buck Mason uh, is back on. $46 million, $46.5 million, $30.7 million guaranteed for Allen Robinson. So the Rams now have Cooper Cup at 14.8 mil, Robert Woods at 13.5 mil, new dad Van Jefferson, and I guess you just break this contract up into three years, 46.5 million, $15 million a year, Allen Robinson. Not to mention some like random, you know, Monday night football November return for Odell Beckham on the veterans minimum, maybe. Rams to got me, I, I wonder if they even fuck with Odell Beckham now. Yeah. To me, the reason they would bring him back, but you're right, it's hard. How are you gonna throw him the ball? Like who's who how you getting on the ball? The reason you might bring him back on a vet minimum halfway through the year is just because maybe if you like him internally, you know, I mean, I don't know. Robert Woods, you told me his contract, this is the last year of his deal. So maybe you bring he, vet minimum OBJ back and then you use that money on on um Odell the next year. We sure Odell's signing a vet minimum contract, though? No, but I'm just saying, like, if Odell's not ready to come back until late October, you know, he might just want to be in L.A. That it, To me, it's relationship-based there. He was in Cleveland, and it was bad. I mean, I, one thing about Odell, I don't think he's a lock to play this season. Like, he did tear his ACL in the middle of February, you know? Yeah. He, he did – it would happen in the Super Bowl. I think they signed this guy twofold. One, they need – you know, Odell might just – even if they did resign him, might never play a snap next year. Cup is a stud. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. Woods coming off an ACL. Now that happened right the day after they signed Odell, so he'll probably be back. But like, he's a free agent. This guy's just good. This guy is had back to back seasons with Mitch Trubisky. Caught 200 balls. I think it was like 102, 98, and and 
I think 17, maybe it was 13, six and seven, maybe 17. I wrote down 17, but now thinking about it, I think it was six and seven. Uh, this guy can play. I just text a buddy that's been around him. He said, like, you know, think a little bit lesser Keenan Allen. Like, you know, he's not like some speed demon. Yeah, it was third. So he had 200 catches and 13 touchdowns in 19 and 20. I mean, that's pretty productive. That is. He's a that big is. body. He can high point the ball. I remember like, wanted out and then stayed. I mean, this is part of what I'm talking about with the Niners. Like, you know, I like the Patriots were able to act like the Patriots because they kept winning. Like the Rams, I mean, they just are aggressive with good players. That's the other thing. The Rams aren't just doing reckless shit. I mean, they consistently go after good players. Good players. Really good players. Like Allen Robinson, like every team would want him. Now, for what price? But that's what we're talking about. We start nitpicking money. You know, I mean, most of these guys are not, beside Vaughn Miller, who was clearly to me the outlier signing of this whole crop, most of these guys are signing for like 20 to $30 million guaranteed. Like, these are pretty cheap contracts, relatively when you just talk guaranteed money, just higher end players, right? And I think he's a good example. I'm not saying the Niners needed this guy. I'm just, but my yeah, I mean, if I had said $31 million, what do you want to spend it on? You Would you have said Allen Robinson for the 49ers? I'd say get a DB. They got one. I mean, fucking get something else. But they, I mean, they don't have the money with Jimmy. So I, if you would have told me they landed Ward and Allen Robinson, I'd be like, fuck, that's a pretty good get. You don't need Allen Robinson. My, I'm not saying Allen Robinson. I'm just saying, like, you, you just never go wrong getting really good players. Right. That's what the Rams consistently do, and that's why they've consistently won and not ever fallen off like the Niners have a couple times. Yeah, I mean the Niners fell off their quarter, you know, their quarterback situation a year, you know, in between NFC Championship runs is why they fell off that year. Yeah, I mean the Rams kept going with shitty Jared Goff, who was pretty terrible, and they were winning. Yeah, but he was their quarterback that they went to the Super Bowl with. I mean, let's not act like the Niners fell off for some other reason other than first and foremost Jimmy, who's their average quarterback, got hurt. I mean, that's the primary reason. Yeah, I mean, you're talking. I'm, about I'm not the saying they've point. won as much as the Rams. I'm just saying well, they like, haven't. I, I'm just, I, I just, I, to me, it's just like they're just very, very prudent when the other team is just fucking really aggressive. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I just think you got to be very careful with just slow and steady always wins the race. And this football's not the same anymore. I, I would say it's also dramatically changed the last couple of years because the amount of money. I mean, ultimately, it just goes back to like that 20, $27 million is a lot of money under salary cap. <laughs> you know, they don't even have the capability to sign anybody. Like yeah, to me, the bottom them. line is just what we said to start it. Like the Rams are a better football team. Now, are they better? Are they the same team? Is what they were with, you know, would they be the same if Odell was coming back as they are with Allen Robinson? I don't know. It felt like Odell was getting pretty damn good at the end. But Odell Beckham got hurt. And it doesn't it doesn't seem like their passing game is going to take a step back because they're replacing him with Allen Robinson. So are yeah, they I mean, better? Maybe they're just as good. I don't know however you want to put it, but I mean they've lost players. The Niners have lost players, right? The Niners lost a stud D tackle who yeah had to let go, but that guy's good. And they lost their starting guard who's a Pro Bowler. Like you know, and they lost Whitworth and they lost a D tackle. Like both teams lost players. I would say the Niners lost two guys. I mean, one guy's a Pro Bowler and the other guy's like, but everyone's losing some players. That's part of doing business. I have, and I support that. Like you got to let guys go. I'm not saying you should overpay to keep, you know, even DJ Jones, but definitely uh, Tomlinson. I just think you got to be. 
I, I just think the game's changed a little bit of being aggressive on, you know, some some players on the outside. I think Tampa's really operated. And you're right, the quarterback matters. But ultimately, like, I think you need to think like that at nonstop. You know, the quarterback now, whether it's Jimmy or Trey moving forward, like, the quarterback's on your roster, right? So it's just fucking time to put some more chips in the middle of the table. It gives you, it gives you more wiggle room, the better yeah. players you have. Like, ultimately, Tampa's just one reason I think, you know, it's probably easier for even if Tom was mad at Arians, like, We'll do whatever it takes, Tom. We'll fucking who you want to sign. Bring those guys back. They've had a lot of sweet players on Tampa for two years running. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, again, it's going to be with that team specifically, and we saw it at the end of the Week 18 game. Uh, we saw it with them repeatedly in the playoffs. Like, how do you cover these guys? I mean, the Ward signing just became official for the Niners today. Like, he doesn't let Ambry Thomas off the hook. He doesn't get anyone off the hook. Like you're going to need Ambry Thomas to beat the, you're just going to need him and you're going to need Ward and you're going to need Mosley and you're going to need a pass rush. Like you're going to need all of these things. Yeah. I mean, and, and Higby's he's on the team. Like he ain't going anywhere. It was his injury. What was his injury? I thought it was like a knee sprain. Don't forget. One of the reasons the Niners started winning down the stretch last year, what they were as a third down defense changed. Uh, what they were as a third down offense really changed. I think that was more so the difference. They were 21st in third down defense last year. I was rewatching Niners Bengals was on NFL Network on Wednesday night, and that game was on. And <laughs> like late game, Bengals get the ball at their own five yard line or 20 yard line, whatever. Bosa gets a sack. The next play, they pressure the pocket, but they pick up like 10 yards, get a little chunk back, third and long, whoosh, first down, right? I mean, that was part of the they, problem with the 49ers. They drove the field and scored a touchdown on that drive, didn't they? Yeah, and then they hit – yeah, that was the incredible – Chase actually beats Ambry right in the right front corner for the touchdown. Niners come back, Robbie Golden misses a field goal. But like a bad miss, like a crazy – like, ooh. Crazy bad miss. In regular seat in the regulation. Then it goes to OT. That's when Brandon Ayuk walked him. That's when Ayuk did the yeah. But there there was it was I'd for I was like, how does this game end again? Like, how do we get there? Like, I remember the Ayuk, but I couldn't quite remember how we got there. The Robbie Gold missed field goal was a reminder of here's here's one overall take. Just listen to some of these names. The Niners can cultivate and scheme. And they already have a bunch of dudes on offense. I don't worry about their offense. I, I just don't. Defense is a little bit about obviously scheme matters in big games for sure, but you need the Jimmies and the Joes. And right now the Niners on defense just don't lack some Jimmies and the Joes. Do you know, do lack. Do lack. And that goes back to just, you know, Chandler Jones is a good example. Like that guy fucking helps. And we'll see. Maybe maybe he sucks. He won't suck, but maybe he gets hurt. That's what happens to older guys. Sometimes they get hurt. If Chandler Jones is healthy on the field, I think we all know, like, if you put him on a Niners uniform next to Bosa and Armstead, don't you think he'd be pretty good with this guy? Yeah, and I would say, like, Vaughn, is he worth $50 million? I just know he's going if to he's, – if he's on the field playing like he played for the Rams, then I don't know if he's worth $50 million for the rest of his contract, but I know for one year he's still got a lot. Like he's Like you said, he got a lot of money based on what he did <clears> for the L.A. Rams. And that's my point. You just see some of the high-end teams that ultimately, like, I know they're not in the conference, but, like, 
the Niners and the Bills both are like right there, right? And they're thinking like, how do we get over the hump? And just look at these teams that are just trying to get back over the hump, how they're thinking. And the Niners are operating like they're Belichick in 2014. And it's just... Preparing to to pay... If I'm playing devil's advocate, preparing to pay Bosa and Debo. But but, uh, it's clear how fake the cap is. You can always do that stuff. Yeah. They They have the money on hand. You know? I think it's why well, people get mad at the San Francisco Giants. Like, God, are they just pinching pennies? Like, why, why don't you just spend a stupid contract? Who even cares? Eat the money. Uh, well, you want some good news for the Niners, John? The Seahawks ain't going to be around for next year or the year after that. Could be a while. You and I, you watched the John Schneider, Pete Carroll press conference. You were texting me about it. So I was like, I got to watch it. I watched it. It was, um, as one, I was texting with a buddy who works for the Seahawks. I said, what do you think of the press conference? He said, that press conference was chaos. He's like, Pete talked for 15 minutes about Drew Locke and Geno Smith. He thought it was a miscalculation. It is a that, that Pete is miscalculating kind of just the outside opinion when he pushes specifically Drew Locke as hard as he does. My takeaway watching that thing was, yeah, Seahawks are in trouble. Seahawks are not going to be good this year or maybe next year. They're going to struggle. It was, uh, it was honestly kind of weird. Yeah, I don't think they've been used to the Jed, bulky, Tom Sula press conferences where you're just getting stones and grenades thrown at you. I would imagine that's the first true time that's happened to those two. But specifically, Pete, you know, in in 20 years. And it did not, it it was bizarre. He not only didn't handle it well, I, I he kind of went conspiracy like it's all the media, the media, the media. Like Pete, what the fuck are you talking about? What, they they blamed not calling Bobby Wagner on the media. It's like Pete, he doesn't have an agent, and that's what the reporter like. Well, didn't you guys? Did you got where did it come from? Right, Bobby said he found out on the internet, and and then John Snyder's like, you know, I recommend. I, I'm not saying I'm forcing anyone, but it's always nice to have an agent. Well, and the reporters were like, so did you guys let it be out? Like, what are you guys talking about? They they just it felt very bulky. Jed Tom Sula, it's different. I mean, those guys are much more accomplished, but you know what I mean. It felt like they didn't quite understand the dynamics at play. I feel John understands it. I think Pete Pete is so rich, guy. Pete has been making $15 million for eight years. Think how, mu- think how much money, success, power Pete has had for a couple decades now. And it's the first time he's getting arrows just blasted at him. And he this is not going well. It was like um, uh, he was very aggressive, not in the way he talked, but in his plan. Right? You start a press conference by talking for 12 and a half minutes. And then it's like, not okay time for questions. Then it's John Schneider's turn. It was the great rap battle from uh, Eight Mile where Eminem gets up there, goes first, B-Rabbit, and he says all the stuff the other guy's going to say against him. It's, it's an incredible thing, right? Like, yes, I'm a bum. I live at home with my mom. Uh, uh, my friend Cheddar Bob did shoot himself in the leg, right? I'm right trash, the whole thing. Pete was up there like, I know what you guys asked, so I'm just going to answer it. Colin Kaepernick, yes, he deserves a second chance. Whether it be with us or football or something else, I don't know. I'm watching like, wait a second. You you just preemptively answered the Colin Kaepernick question by saying he might deserve a second chance in football or something else? Yeah, that's not the question people are asking. People are not asking, does Colin Kaepernick 
deserve a second chance in something other than football, Pete. Well, you, but, you, but you know why? Because he's trying to deflect. People think they should sign Colin uh, Kaepernick. Understood. And, and, he wants, uh, yes. and he wants no part of it, and so Under, he tries totally to deflect. get it. But you don't, if you're going to preemptively answer somebody's question, you have to give a good answer. He did the preemptive. Uh, actually, he said, I'm not saying it's with us or in football or something else. I get why he did it, but my point in saying it is that he was already trying – he was trying to answer every single question people are going to bring up. And the crazy part is – I know most people listening or watching this did not watch the press conference like we did. He spent a lot of time talking about a lot of stuff other than Russell Wilson to open his press conference. And that, to me, is a little disconnected. Like, you've got to answer every question about Russ, and you can't start by talking about Drew Locke, and you can't start by talking about – Geno Smith, and you can't start by talking about they, – they were talking – I know, pe- again, people who didn't watch it, it's hard to even paint the picture for how kind of just weird it was that he tried to get out ahead of everything by talking about, like, truly guys that – one free agent they signed last year who was hurt all year, they started talking about him. It was it was weird, and it was disconnected, and um, – I think it's a good sign for the I, – I would say the Rams and the Niners because I, I think Arizona is going to have a very, very interesting season – does this guy hold out? Does he show up? That thing could get weird. Seattle's going to suck. I, I'm pretty confident there. Seattle's going to suck. And I think the only question mark is, is Pete getting fired at the end of the year? Does John get to pick the next head coach? Do they blow it up and just start over? That thing, I, I if that was a stock, I would short the shit out of it. Like If that was a $100 stock, would you be shocked if that thing's $15 in nine months? No. And I get that... You know, I, I think Pete. I think Pete's the problem. Honestly, I, I think Pete. There was an arrogance and a stu- arrogance, probably the wrong word, stubbornness, and just when you have that much juice and you have that much money and you're used to fucking being telling everyone what to do. I think it's very, very difficult at seventy years old. That's the other the underrated part about Pete. I'm looking at him like Pete's fucking old. Like, I hope I look that healthy when I'm seventy, but he ain't seventy years old. It, it's. It's going to get really, really ugly. What if, guy? What if they win four games? Yeah, they're going to be bad. They're going to be bad. I, I think it's age is part of it. I, Pete has been in a bubble that has been success for twenty years. USC went eleven and two in two thousand and two, his second year. They went what? so eleven and two. Went to the Orange Bowl, finished fourth in the AP top twenty-five in the coaches' poll in his second year. Then they won the Rose Bowl the next year. Then they were the greatest team in college football, we thought, until they got beat by Texas the next year. Now, he went 12-1 and and 9-4, and and they forced him out. But Pete's basically been able to run the show, control the narrative, uh, dictate terms for about 20 years. There hasn't been a lot to say, Pete, what the hell are you? You know, there haven't been a lot of, like, the owner going or the athletics director going, like, Pete, you got to go answer these tough questions. It's time to tell the fans what our plan is here. Like that's, that's not been the world he's been in. He hasn't had to do that in forever. I mean, they traded Russell, which maybe other teams would have done it. Maybe Russ forced him to do it. They traded Russell Wilson. And, and cut, and cut Bobby Wagner's one of the all time greats in the deal and didn't call him. Like I, to me, those were the two things that clearly like people want to talk about Russell for like 80% of it. And then just, Wait, you guys cut Bobby, didn't call him, like what the fuck happened? And they didn't handle John wore it and then Pete tried to wear it. Do you see that part? Like, I own that, I own that, but it was just weird. But Schneider says some basically says 
like, thank God I was in Green Bay to see the transition from Brett Favre. Ted Thompson, God rest his soul, he traded an icon. They had Aaron. I know. <laughs> they had Aaron. It's going to change real fast. Like, you can say, Drew Locke, we like them all you want. Well, what, what happens when you're one and five? I just think Russell's going to win this transaction pretty heavily. Well, heavily, the key word. I mean, he. I think he needs to drop a few. Well, you know, he's been in Cabo, you know, watching film. Hey, John, he looked like that during the season. He looked a little heavy during the season. You know, once you get to your, you know, that, I, I, hey, I, I think I was the fattest I've ever been from like 33 to 35. That was and then my, you have to, I, you just because you don't quite realize your metabolism's changed. Well, and you just, when you, it's only you looking at yourself, you don't quite realize it. But then you look back at some pictures. I mean, I was like, oh my God, I was fat as shit. And it's just, yeah, you don't realize your metabolism change. You have to change your diet. They they say like diet is, you know, whatever the percentage is really high. I, I don't think that's necessarily true for, uh, you know, a lot of people. If you're active in your 20s, I do think for the majority of people, there is a heavy transition in the 30s. I don't think bad diet, yeah, at that, at that point, I don't think bad diet can overcome good workout. It can in your twenties. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's what I'm saying. What you're talking yeah. about in your th- you, you like we all reach an age where where bad diet cannot overcome active lifestyle for and most I people. The, I think the overwhelming majority it happens in their thirties. Some at like 31, some at 35, some at like 39. But I think that's when it happens. Yeah, let Russ eat. And maybe it's happening for like maybe that's part of what's happening for us. But he's always been known as a workout guy. Right, I know, but and I actually saw the video of him like working out. He looked good, just a little. You just noticed it a little. He looked good in that that video that he put out when he was on vacation with Ciara. Yes, a lot better than the video that you watched him yesterday in the suit that looked like. Did he have to get a new suit because he wouldn't fit? Did his to me, his face looked fat, just a little bigger, just a little. And again, like you know, a small amount of weight can you can sometimes you just see it. Um, how about the part of his press conference, by the way, as an aside, Russ's press conference, where he's like, the Colorado Rockies were great were great to me. I'm like, wait a second. Did, did the Rockies draft him initially, or were the Rockies part of the fake baseball career that he had? Remember when he went to camp with no, the Rangers that, and then that was the, the Yankees? That was the, I thought the Yankees and Rangers were fake. I think he got the drafted Rockies by the Rockies. was real. He got drafted by the Rockies. He's like, and I, it was pretty cool. Like, I get, it, it is cool, right? He's like, I go up and. Because at first, he's like, I see Elway in the back of the room, man. My dad always showed me the Elway videos. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, everyone says that. He's like, my dad was always like, that's a two-sport two star. And then I could tell, like, Russ meant it, like Elway was something. And then he's like, they gave me my locker. Did you see that part? He's like, I'm between, like, Tulowitzki and Todd. It wouldn't have been Todd Walker. Uh, who was he between? He started naming great Rockies. Like, they gave me a locker. And it makes sense if how high was he drafted by them. Like he was kind of famous. Third round, maybe? Yeah. Anyway, they put his locker between like Tulowitzki and uh, was to- Todd Helton. I think he might have said Todd Helton. Was Todd still around? Yeah, what if Todd we found out that he was like lying about ago. like Todd Helton had retired before he was drafted? <laughs> like that's something thinks- no one would catch. <laughs> that's something everyone thinks he was lying about is uh, 13. Maybe it wasn't Helton. Helton could have been around. The other thing is sometimes guys come to spring training, even if they're not still on the team. Was Russ in the league in 13? Yeah. Yeah. So he would have been drafted. So he definitely would have been drafted by the Rockies when Todd Helton was still there. I can't find what round he was drafted in on his wiki. You know, a good spot for this is Russell Wilson Baseball Cube. 
uh, he was a fourth round pick in the 2010 draft. I would imagine that his fame being a college quarterback, do most fourth rounders get to do that BP thing that he got to do? Does Isn't that a first round thing? Yeah. Well, it, it felt to me like he was, did he go to a spring training with them? Or you think it, it was like that he was talking like they brought him out to the ballpark? Well, he said because he pointed at Mark Rogers, he's like, I'm going to play in that thing. And it was, you know, the Bronco Stadium's next to course. Who's Field. Mark Rogers? His agent. So he said he takes the BP. Oh, oh, he's oh, hitting oh. it, and then, okay. and then and then once the game starts, they put him, you know, him and Mark Rogers basically behind home plate. And Mark Rogers like, how badass is going to be when you play here? And Russell goes, gotcha. I, I want to play over there, pointing at you know mile high. So that team had Helton and Tulowitzki on it, and Cargo. He said Cargo. Carlos Gonzalez was on that team. Kind of sweet. DJ Reed to the Jets. Watson to the Rockies. Archie on the stream. Kyler has one more bad season. Is he moving to baseball? Why do people keep thinking anyone wants to go to the minor leagues and make like he's never playing baseball? And you notice his uh his like um Twitter avatar is like him at Oklahoma and him in an A's uniform? No. Oh, it's split. Yeah. All right, John. Um uh, if you're listening on uh, to the podcast and not watch. If you're watching the YouTube live, hit that like button podcast description down below. If you're listening to the podcast or you just want to go do it, leave us an iTunes review. There's not a mailbag dedicated mailbag this week, just like there wasn't last week, just because we're doing a lot of content. So we thought we would throw in a few mailbag questions at the end of this podcast as well. And, um, actually, uh, I got a, there was also a, a good, um, YouTube comment I wanted to mention real quick. This is from YouTube. This is from uh, Fire the Great. You can't say Josh Allen to the Browns. This is part of our conversation on our uh, stream YouTube only on Wednesday where we said Josh Allen would go to the Browns instead of Baker. What what a difference it would have made. Part of what made him the guy he is today is the coaching staff around him. Browns uh, just now got some stability in the coaching department. They would have ruined Josh Allen. I mean, you could argue the next time the Browns are drafting a quarterback high that you would just tell them, I don't want to play for you. Yeah. He, I, to me, Josh Allen might have figured it out <clears throat> because Stavansky's been there the last two years. So they, the, the Browns might have been really good with Josh Allen last year. They might have been, but he might have also played for Freddie Kitchens and Hugh Jackson first. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's that's an crazy. indictment on Baker that he, that he wanted Freddie. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. I think when a when a player wants a coach, especially when that coach is kind of there, you know, is going to let them do whatever they want. Which what player campaigns for a hard ass coach? It just doesn't happen. It's why you can't always listen to players. Um, all right, let's let's hit a few mailbag questions from iTunes reviews. Real people. Hey guys, a long time enjoy the pod. Started listening the week Chip Kelly and Bulky were canned. Is, is this an old? No, it's this March. I, this is a new one. Uh, this is a good memory. Non-drinker here, so my favorite bar is an ice cream sundae bar. Did you see Mike McDaniel on Pat McAfee show last Friday? Unlike any interview I've ever seen a coach give, nearly 60 minutes of gold. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Great show. Travis. Uh, this was a couple weeks ago now. Did you ever? I did not see. I saw clips of that interview. I, I, I watched probably 30 minutes of it. <clears throat> I mean, it was just, he's just personable. Now, his, I had a couple people DM me. They ask, like, what's up with the way he talks? I'm like, well, his cadence is just different than a lot of people you're going to hear talk. Yes. But I, I think one thing I think Pat does that these other people just don't is 
a lot of guys win. I, I actually thought I, I watched some of Brandon Staley. It was the most normal I'd seen Brandon Staley ever. He just was talking like a normal guy. It's like, God, if Brandon Staley just talked like this, I'd like him. To me, McDaniel was just – Pat was just asking him questions because he didn't know anything about him. You know, so he just kind of told his story and just told different shit. And it was just, yeah. he looks different. I think part of it is the visual. But, I mean, I think it's just Mike McDaniel. He wasn't, like, making, cracking that many jokes. I mean, he was actually pretty serious about his life and coaching and Kyle and Tua. It was good. I recommend fucking go watch it on YouTube if you're, like, if you're a Miami Dolphins fan. Or not. I mean, I, I'm i not a Dolphins fan. Yeah, if you're just interested in watching Mike McDaniel talk, it was a pretty good interview. Do love their colors, though. Uh, right tackle 70 says been listening to these guys since they were on radio. Um, I love the podcast and their insight generally agree with their points, but sometimes I don't question for the mailbag greatest defensive player in NFL history, Taylor white Sanders, lot, et cetera, or more newer edge age names like Lewis Rillis Reed, not Willis Reed, but Willis comma Reed yeah. Donald or Watt. You know, I can't pretend like I, like I rem- like watched Lawrence Taylor or watched Reggie white. Uh, I watch Reggie White, but not in like this conscious way that I think about sports now. I was thinking about this. First of all, do you think a cornerback can even be the greatest defender of all time? I think the reason Dion had an argument is because he's like the greatest punt returner. He was easily the greatest corner. You couldn't throw on him. He could also play offense. I mean, he's just one of the greatest football players of all time. Right, right. right. I, I would say that's what separated Dion more than like a Revis, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I part of it I think is for me the reason I w- it'd be hard pressed to put Dion would be the only that, guy that would, he be, would be. Yeah, it's a good point. I because I think you've got to be like you're just not involved directly in every play, and you don't real like part of the sport is, is like the physicality of tackling, and I just think what defensive linemen and linebackers go through is so different than the game that cornerbacks play that it's I just I would just have a hard time making a cornerback the number one. Now, I mean, you know, people who historians say LT or Reg, Reggie White, his Be- like LT I mean, Bel- Belichick says LT. Now he's a little biased because he did coach him. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean the LT tape when you watch it, yeah. it looks like modern football tape. That's the thing that would make me lean LT, right? I'd say, honestly, defensively, I mean, Ray Lewis is one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. And Aaron yes. Donald would probably have to throw his name in the hat now. Uh, mailbag, Gilroy Boy, 408. Great bar, Aki in San Jose. Bisla's in Sacramento was cool before it closed down and the owner died. Have we read this one? I don't think so. No. Um, Steve Young was 30 when he finally became the starter. Kurt Warner was 29. Will we ever see the old guy break into the league at quarterback, or are those days completely over? So much to ban to play right away. Uh, if you don't become the starter within three years, you're a lifetime backup. Jordan Love on that trajectory. Uh, I mean, Matthew Stafford does not fit this bill. Sorry, I didn't even put this one up. Apologies. Matthew Stafford does not fit this bill, but having a resurgence at a later age. But did he? I mean, he's he's been in Pro Bowls and stuff before. He made $280 million. But he's finally winning. I mean, I just think... Yeah, that's, he's not like these guys. These guys. He's made the play, play. He made the playoffs three times, and he never won a playoff game. But he didn't make it into an AT and T commercial until this year. Why is that? Does he mean first year? Like you start at thirty years old? Uh, Steve Young was thirty when he finally became the starter. Kurt Warner was twenty nine. Will we ever see the old guy break into the league at quarterback, or are those days completely over? Because everybody's going to get to like Steve. It's a 
like you would say with Steve, he just Steve wouldn't last it as a backup that long. Yeah, they're incomplete. Like Kurt Warner, like they exist. There are Kurt Warners all over the league that just are bad, right? Like if I told you Peterman, probably be a bad example because he's kind of famous. Not not really famous, but you know, people Infamous. know his name. Yeah. It'd be like if like a Nick Mullen, it's it's hard, right? I you know, it has to be a guy that you've never really heard of all of a sudden start and then win an MVP. I would say what Kurt, about Steve Young could happen again. Kurt Warner's never gonna happen again. A guy who just can't start, he's just backing up. Yeah, playing in a minor league. But you would about- say like Steve Young if he was behind like uh Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes are a really good player. Eventually, he just wouldn't last on the team that long. Well, part of the problem was that Steve, like you would just trade Steve for a two. Like people thought Steve, yeah. Steve was a high draft pick. Steve was good. Like people thought highly of Steve. Which has happened a lot, right? Matt Schaub, Jimmy Garoppolo, like that player, the, the best backup in the league, team will just trade two twos for him. Yeah. If you think like this guy's a top 15 starter. If I told you right now there was a top 15 starter as a backup on someone's team and that's just the way he was viewed. Like the way Matt Schaub was in like 08 with Vic or yeah. Jimmy, what would the Colts trade for him right now? Two twos? Sure. Yeah. A one. If they knew if they really thought he was that guy, they trade a one. Kurt Warner. I I I would you'd never say never, but it feels that's a kind of one off NFL story in the history of the league. Yeah. <laughs> he had a movie crazy. made about him. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I mean, it's why I'll watch the USFL, John, just in case we see the next uh, Hall of Famer. Lamar Jackson's backup, says Mike on the stream. Tyler Huntley. He could become a starter. But even, but even like he's a good example of like, well, now he started some games. He looked kind of sweet. He's a, I wouldn't call him a huge star, but he was a pretty big deal in college, right? He was a starting quarterback for several years on a really good team. It, it, it was a big deal in his bubble. I don't think he was like a big deal in college football. Wasn't he one of the better players in the Pac-12? That's what I mean. In like the pact, what like he was one of the better quarterbacks in the league, but I don't think he was viewed as like. I don't think he was a college football story. Is that what you mean? Would he, would he have been way more famous if he was equivalent at Utah at LSU? Yeah, yeah. Which is what Jaden Daniels is going to try and prove. Uh, Cousins would have been that if RG three worked out. Uh, Jordan loved the next Kurt. Um, how about I think here, Cousins just would have been Jimmy, right? Yeah. It's been a backup someone tried to get, which they did. I don't. I'm pulling up this guy's numbers, even though we, we've watched him play, just because I think someone eventually would say Gardner Minshew if if we were doing this long enough. I mean, Gardner Minshew, 21, 41 touchdowns, twelve picks in his career. Kurt Warner, or Steve Young, are we talking? Uh, I'm not even neither. I I don't think he's either one of those guys, but just becomes a starting quarterback and finally gets his team at 29 years old. How old's Gardner? He'll be 26 in May. See, to me, like this is where he doesn't even fall in. He got to start games a bunch as a rookie. Like yeah, they, 12 games. Can you? But imagine, not because like, anyone wanted him. No, to. I know. But imagine if like Steve Young, Kurt Warner, like, hey. Your first ever year in the NFL. Because remember, Kurt Warner had bounced around on practice squads and was like hanging on for dear life. Remember, he was at the Packers and he got cut. Steve started 14 games his second year in the league in Tampa. That's true. Okay. that's. I'd say Steve Young is way more likely Steve Young happening than Kurt Warner. Would you agree with that? A guy just really shitty team, gets to go to some sweet team, and then eventually starts and that team just gets sweet. Stays sweet. Yeah. 
Yeah. Steve was a highly thought of player coming into the draft, and that will always help you, right? Yeah, if like, let's say Trevor Lawrence's next four years are just shitty as you get. The Jags are just constantly winning three, four games, which feels a little unlikely with Doug, but let's just say that hypothetical. And it's like they, they have the number one pick in like four years and like the next Trevor Lawrence is in that draft. And they're like, you know, it's just, it's just time to move on. And then Trevor Lawrence goes to some team that's sweet and then all of a sudden resurrects his career. Like th- that to me is possible just because there are, we've seen enough shitty teams just stay shitty for a while. I mean, can you imagine if Stafford had got out like five years before? The difference was Stafford, it was clear like he was their best player. You know, like people thought Steve, like, are we sure Steve's good? Because remember in the, either in the documentary, the Steve Young book, when Bill Walsh asked, should we trade for Steve Young to his offensive staff? Everyone said no. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think people thought he sucked, right? Like if I, if you just went yeah, he'd been offense, like, I think it was like 11 touchdowns. I can pull it back up and like 25 interceptions or something like that. Like years. if you went into example, like if, if every offensive head coach went into their offensive staff room today at their office and said, do you guys think we should, uh, I got an option. We could trade for Trevor Lawrence today. Like, does everyone raise their hand? Yeah. Yes. The hype was probably different in the eighties too, right? Less hype, just more like maybe this guy sucks. Feels like now people just blame yeah. Tampa. Yeah, because there it's were only a, good a couple question. teams even interested in Steve Young. Yeah, the it was the St. Louis Cardinals and the 49ers. Well, they they were going to send him to the Cardinals, remember? And Steve's like, I'm not going to another shitty organization because the Bucks yeah. then drafted Vinny Testaverde, <laughs> number one. The Bucks, there probably isn't a Bucks anymore, huh? They were really bad. Feels like one thing we missed in our youth is like the shittiest of the shitty. Like, teams didn't have any money. They just constantly sucked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Brown only because the Browns feel like they've escaped that a little bit because they've been solid the last few years, right? But you're right. They were just the Cardinals, the oh, Bucks. Ra- Raiders, had about, the, Raiders had like a 12-year run. They did. <laughs> you know? As you like to say, just poverty. I remember the Cardinals when I lived uh, just a complete and utter joke. A Saints. complete joke. The Saints Aint. before Saints before Breeze and Sean. That's right. Just paper bad. bags on their heads. The Lions, Lions. You could argue still better start winning some games. Pizza party on the stream. Sudfeld getting two mil to watch TV. How about Nate Sudfeld? Oh, in this category, I'm gonna vote no. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. That's is that's gonna be a no for me, dog. Heavy no. Uh, Breeze. Second round pick started a bunch of games with the Chargers. I mean, he was a full time starter for like three years. That's and by the time he resurrected it, it was he was still young, right? Because the one thing that really separates Steve, Steve was thirty. How old was Drew when he started at New Orleans? Twenty six. Uh, so his rookie year was oh four. His his contract in New Orleans it was oh six. I'm sorry, his rookie year was oh one. That can't be right. Five years in New Orleans? I mean, uh, five years with the the franchise tag was $8 million, by the way, back in 05. He got tagged. Breeze got to New Orleans at 27 years old. So how many years did he start for the Chargers? 
Flutie, I think, was the first year, so he didn't start at all as a rookie. Okay. As a second-year player in the NFL, at 23 years old, he was a full-time starter. They went 8-8. Eight and eight. He was 17-16, and 16, so he's probably average. Following year, he must have got banged up because he only played 11 games. They were terrible. They went 2-9. and nine. He wasn't very good. In 04, they went 11-4. and four. He was got some votes for Offensive Player of the Year. He was a pro bowler. So that was, I, I would say, in 2004, Drew Brees kind of put himself on the map as a Did legit he, NFL player. The so that's three year, years he, he, he played on the tag in 05? Yeah. He got a six-year $60 million from, contract from the Saints in 06. He must have hurt his shoulder in 05 at the end yeah. of the season. Remember, that's why the Dolphins backed out. Did he fail the physical with them or something like that? Yeah, in in 05. Saban just changed his mind. 05, he was the full-time starter. They went 9-7. and seven. He threw 24 touchdowns. Like, he was he was a good player in his mid-20s in the NFL. You know? Back with 25 touchdowns, I was like, oh, nice year. <laughs> yeah, 25. What would you say 25 touchdowns in 05 is now? 34? Yeah, it's a good year. <laughs> I mean, he got $60 million from the Saints coming off a shoulder injury, right? That, I would say in 06, that's, not, that's a solid contract. Yeah, because Danny Cannell's dad failed him. Danny Cannell's dad was the team doctor of the Dolphins. Yeah, and they got well. They got Culpepper. Yeah, and then Nick got Alabama in about a year and a half. That's right. <laughs> Best thing that ever happened to him, right? Is that Danny Cannell's and dad all Nick's quarterbacks are like Breeze all of a sudden at Alabama. You notice that? I know. It's until now. All right. Uh, if Deshaun Watson gets traded, uh, then uh, we'll be back with content. Uh, I look, I look forward to next Friday show. Wondering when Jimmy will go. So uh, that'll be fun. I don't mean the March 18th. I mean, will Jimmy get traded by the national championship game on April 4th? Ah, fuck. Jimmy Doubt. Who's wearing a new uniform first, Jimmy Garoppolo or Matt Corral? I mean, if we're even having this conversation, this is scary. <laughs> oh, just, just, just boiling Middlecoff's blood. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll see if you want to come hang, say what's up, do that. Uh, we'll just be chilling on Friday. And, uh, when there's content to be made, we'll be making it. Adios Pelota. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.